Humanitarian Engineering Podcast. Welcome everybody to the ninth episode of the Humanitarian Engineering Podcast. My name is Nina and I'm sitting here with my co-host Alberto and our guest uh, Cheryl de Boer. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Nina. Um, Cheryl is a coordinator of the Climate Center here at the University of Trento. Um, and yeah, maybe we start directly with uh, the first questions. Um, can you maybe introduce yourself a bit more, your research background and also your work at the Climate Center? Yeah, sure. Um, I am currently an assistant professor in the faculty of ITC. Um, and for those of you who don't know what ITC stands for, it stands for the Faculty of Geoinformation and Earth Observation. But the original acronym ITC was for the International Training Center. Um, and so we have a... Um, yeah. Should I go into what ITC is about? Yeah, please do. Yeah. We have time for that. <laughs> it's not 100% connected to the Climate Center, but there are certainly some relationships between the two. So the, the ITC has a history of uh, capacity development. So actually most of our students at the moment come from uh, the majority world. So all over the world, they come uh, to ITC to study uh, geoinformation, Earth observation. Uh, and so we try to provide them with information uh, and knowledge about uh, how they can use spatial information to improve the world, basically. Uh, and so that's what I do, I would say, in my day job. And then in addition, uh, in indeed, I'm the coordinator for the UT Climate Center. And that's um, that uh, it keeps me busy a lot these days. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, me too. Mm, yeah, my educational background, I'm actually, uh, I'm an engineer, uh, originally from Canada. Uh, I've been in the Netherlands for 15 years now, and um, I work, um, I worked a lot in the field of energy transition. So I spent a lot of years working for Siemens, uh, doing combustion engineering uh, work. Interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting time in my life. I learned a lot. Um, I learned that I really like technical problems, um, but actually working in the... Um, Uh, industry made me also realize the consequences of power generation, right? So I have mm -hmm. a lot of really fun stories and pictures of me in very, very remote places, seeing very poor landscapes um, as a result of energy production, basically. Mm -hmm. And so that was a bit for me the the trigger. And that was, I think, 20 years ago just to say, okay, I don't really want to work in an industry or work towards these kinds of uh, problems. And so at that point, I went a bit more into the policy uh, field. Very interesting, yeah. And um, maybe now at the climate change, or what are kind of practical challenges that you come across on a daily basis? On a daily basis? <laughs> um, so I think, well, on the first to note, it's really ins inspiring, right? So currently working on these kinds of challenges um, and trying to bring people together um, to create more impact um, on the climate is really motivating. Um, and that helps you get through some of the challenges. So the, the challenges... Yeah, what I notice at the UT is we have a lot of expertise um, in a lot of different fields that are necessary to help transition to a more sustainable economy, um, which has not only just less impact on the climate, but a positive impact on the climate. And what's really interesting is that we have researchers here working on technical um, expertise, uh, social expertise, so lots of social scientists, and also in my faculty, so geoinformation uh, people, earth observation people. Um, and what's really challenging is to get all of those people at, at the table, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that we see a lot, um, the opportunity, the potential, right? That, that it's really important for us to work together if we want to enable the transition to happen as it needs to happen 
but there are all sorts of difficulties, right? So even within one university, sometimes it's more difficult to work with someone from a different faculty than it is to work with someone from a different university or, right? So, and, the, and these are, everyone sees them as a challenge <laughs> and everyone knows that we need to do better, but we still need to find tools um, to be able to do so. So I would say that's one of my biggest challenges at the moment. Yeah, I think uh, that's very recognizable also in humanitarian engineering working across disciplines, very uh, yeah, interdisciplinary work. And of course, that's always challenging. Well, thanks for the introduction. I think we are now moving to the second part of the podcast. Um, okay. Now, um, you told us a bit of uh, your background and indeed you told us that you, at the moment you are coordinating the climate change here at the University of Twente. Um, now, I would like to know from you a bit more about which is the focus of the Climate Center. Yeah, definitely. So what maybe a, l a little bit of history is like why a climate center, right? So we're actually yeah, right. also Let's just about uh, six months old officially, maybe seven or eight at this time. It's hard to keep track. But uh, we're really quite new. And so we are really um, trying to find what our contribution is. And the reason why we exist is that a few years ago, there was some discussion at the university for what does sustainability mean in general at the UT? Where can we have a greater impact? And as a result of a lot of discussions with staff and students, we realized that there is motivation to contribute more towards the climate crisis particularly from the students, they really want to work on these kinds of challenges. And there wasn't really representation for that topic at the UT, right? So we, what we also found in that time was there was a lot of um, research taking place, which does contribute to uh, the climate transition. And there was a lot of education being provided, but nobody really was bringing it together and giving it a face, giving it a voice, um, and also giving recognition to those people working on this, this challenge. And so what we really want to do is to build that community within the UT um, and then connect that community to the outside world, right? Yeah, I, I recognize, uh, let's say, this process because it's also a process that we went through with the humanitarian engineering. So we, we really try to connect uh, disciplines in uh, different faculties, also with the ITC and the engineering technology faculty and the BMS, in order to to reach, uh, let's say, uh, better uh, better goals and and higher impact for the society. Yeah, and I think also from the student side, right? I mean, it was exactly. um, basically driven by students because they wanted to create more impact. And I see that here as well that the students were actually already really well. They really wanted to work on climate change, right? So yeah, definitely. And, and so I said, the the motivation is really there, um, and that's what keeps us going, right? So even though it's not easy, um, a lot of the challenges that we have internally, um, there is a desire to do better, right, and to yeah, do right. things differently. And I see that uh, we saw it over the last few years um, with the staff and the students, but now we also see it more and more from upper management, right? So the executive board and the deans, they also really recognize that we need to do a better job. Yeah, and, and they also support these uh, activities, then is also really remarkable. I yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. And um, that also helps move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me ask you one thing, because we do believe that fighting climate change helps also fighting poverty as well. And also, uh, at the moment, we all know that uh, natural disasters and man-made disasters are affecting more underserved communities than, than the others. Um, I would like to ask you if you can comment on the 
impact of the climate change on the most vulnerable communities? Why are they uh, disproportionately affected? Yeah, the, it's a it's a really important um, topic because I think sometimes in the West we forget about that, right? So we forget, you know, we we talk a lot about our own emissions and our carbon footprints and you know and how expensive electricity is getting and all these very um, sensitive uh, topics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're real topics. But um, indeed, the, the the most vulnerable communities are not here, um, and the consequences of the choices that we're making now. Um, have much bigger effects for people living in coastal areas, for people uh, living in much harsher climates already, who already are struggling to provide for basic needs. And so on, on the one hand, so certainly the, the consequences of climate change will also be worse for people living in these um, more vulnerable situations and their ability to adapt is less, right? So their ability to, in the Netherlands, we can, there, there is a limit, but we can still build bigger dikes. Right. So we can still also, you know, uh, reinforce our houses. We can do those things. People in more vulnerable communities don't have access to that kind of adaptation strategy. So they will and are all are already being hit harder by climate change. Yeah, indeed. They don't even have uh, access to basic resources most of the no. time to upgrade the type of infrastructure of assets in general. Yeah. And, and certainly from a justice perspective. Right. So they didn't cause this problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. We, are, we are going a really interesting uh, discussion. Um, if you allow me, let me ask you one thing. We understand, as you said, that the center um, is, let's say, is a, is a new center, mm -hmm. so to speak, and, and you are trying to bring in together different research and projects and skills. Um, I would like to ask you, do you see value on focusing the future of underserved community as well? Definitely. And um, so one of the things that I see as a really good example is that I know that you guys are working on this agribox, right? And we, we were talking a little bit about it earlier. And I think so that's a really interesting um, opportunity for us at the Climate Center to see, one, how is it going right now? Right. So mm -hmm. what kind of expertise are you involving um, and how can we add to that? Right. So. Uh, looking at it, so one of our, what we think is a value added from the Climate Center is looking at problems from a geo, a techno, and a social perspective, right? And sometimes we either focus on the techno or we focus on the social, and sometimes we completely forget the geo, right? So there's a spatial element to it. And what we think we can help, right, so for the types of projects that uh, humanitarian engineering is doing is by bringing these additional expertise to the table and maybe looking at it so you know, um, from for the agribox, where are you putting it, right? And what kind of climate, what kind of access do you have to different types of um, uh, resources, right? Um, how close are you to the population? What can we, you know, and if you want to scale up, how would you scale that up in, in a spatially appropriate way? And then connecting that also to the culture in a particular yeah. place, right? Are you growing the right kinds of foods that actually people are going to eat? And, you know, how does it fit into the way that they do things as, as a society? And then you can talk about governance, you can talk about economy, right? So, and you don't have to know all of those things to build an agribox. But if we want to really scale up these kinds of solutions, then it's really important that we take these other perspectives into account. Yeah, and maybe and I, oh, just please. shortly um, for our listeners at home what the Agribox is, it's maybe good to know. Mm. Um, the Agribox is a mobile classroom um, in which um, well, smallholder farmers can learn about agricultural technologies and um, how to adapt, for example, to challenges like climate change and um, yeah, if they need to um, grow different crops, yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, and I think uh, something that I w want to ask you 
related to what you just said, uh, Cheryl, is how can we better integrate the work of the climate sensor with, for example, the work that we do uh, in the field of humanitarian engineering? Because um, sometimes is the struggle. How can we uh, join forces even within the same university in order to to move forward to the say to the same direction? Yeah. Um, so I think we often struggle so much with organization and administration and all of these kinds of things, which make our lives more difficult <laughs> and then, than they need to be. Um, and so for us, and, and especially because we're a new organization, we can be quite flexible there, right? So for us, it's about, at least I see the Climate Center as a service organization, right? So at the moment, we are... Um, in the service of the people doing really interesting work like humanitarian engineering. And so one of the things that we can do is provide better visibility, um, increase communication capacity, bring you into contact with researchers or external partners that maybe you don't know already. So it's really sort of like, um, um, oh, it's not a one size fits all way of working together. I think we really need to just figure out what needs to get done and then get it done together. Um, and as opposed to worrying too much about all of these things, which are real issues, right? So, you know, whose uh, work order number are we going to put this work? You know, there's really silly internal <laughs> details, <laughs> details which do need to get addressed. Um, but I really believe that if we're all sort of like working towards the same um, desire, that we find solutions. Right. Yeah. So that once people realize it, it's not about the work order number, it's not about the details. It's really that we work together towards a common goal, at least in my experience until now, we figure out a way to deal with yeah. those other things. Indeed. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth following up on this topic with the humanitarian engineering group and the climate center. That's great. I would suggest now to move to the third part of our podcast episode. Okay, now about the third part, we have prepared uh, four fast questions, uh, so you can basically answer in more or less one sentence, maybe two, but relatively shortly. And uh, let's start with the first question. Why do you think humanitarian engineering is relevant? Well, I think, um, so a bit similar to the Climate Center, I think that there is a lot of technical or people with technical expertise out there who want to do something with that, right? So whereas before we kind of were a bit reliant, we say, at least I'm also an engineer, so I remember going to school and being like, I just want to learn some skills and then go out and do something. Whereas now I think it's really important already to give um, students the opportunity to work on problems within their education, right? And and for that, you need a bit of a focus. And I think that um, humanitarian engineering fills that uh, fills that void. Yeah, yeah, I agree, definitely. All right, uh, second question. Uh, what is the most urgent topic uh, for humanitarian engineering to address at the moment? Well, I, I think, uh, of course, I have to say from the climate center, I think climate change, right? I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are curious to know your opinion. Yeah, I, I expected that answer, but <laughs> go on. Well, and, and maybe my reasoning for doing so or, or to give that a bit of nuance is that because if you don't do it, everything is harder, mm -hmm. right? So if we don't actively bring uh, the challenges associated with climate change into the work that you guys are doing, um, then you're not doing justice to the to the future, right? So it's just is it's it's a necessity. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, but I think that the third one is also quite straightforward. How can humanitarian engineering make the most impact? Get involved. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that what you guys are doing also for really using um, kinds of educational models where students get really involved in real life um, situation, students can make an impact already. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to wait until you go and, you know, go into the working world. There's real impact to be made um, in, in your education. Yeah, that's, I think that's why we are really focusing on a challenge based and community based learning for our students, how yeah. to to bring them to the to the community. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And then last one, pick one aspect um, that makes humanitarian engineering different from other engineering disciplines. Well, I think um, I don't know all engineering disciplines, but I do know uh, some of them. But I think what makes humanitarian engineering different is really it's um, impact driven. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really about um, making use of knowledge and skills for a particular goal, for a particular purpose. Right. And I see that as a little bit different than, you know, learning skills and then going out and deciding where to apply them. No, already you're looking at how can I apply these skills? And I think that's really great for the motivation of students because they are already contributing to something which uh, is making a difference in the world. Yeah, I think we see that with our students as well. They're very uh, impact focused. Uh, yeah, great, great answers. I think that was already the third part of the podcast. I think now we are uh, rec- wrapping up with the last part. Okay, small summary uh, of the episode. Today we talk about the Climate Change Center at the University of Twente, how to connect the effort of the Climate Change uh, Center with the humanitarian engineering, how could we uh, join forces in order to have higher impact, bigger impact on the society. We had the pleasure to have Cheryl De Boer, that is coordinating the Climate Change uh, Center at the university. Thank you very much, Nina. Well, thank you, Alberto. Thank you very much, Cheryl. It was a great pleasure. Yeah, it was really a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, to the next episode.